instead of you coming up with the ideas ideas from nowhere and finding data to prove that, it should be the other way around. You should always keep an eye on data or make the data work for you. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello, welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Alone. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we have Franco Segarra, Head of Data Analytics, Ticketing and Fan Experience at Valencia CF. Valencia is one of Spain's oldest and most successful football clubs, and there Franco is responsible for all data insights of the club while also managing tickets, pricing, fan experience, and customer support departments from a data-driven angle. Franco has contributed significantly to the club's ambitious digital transformation project, and at the same time extended the help in steering several strategic business decisions. A former bank manager and chief technology officer, Franco has over 12 years of professional experience in different sectors, but with a continued focus on applying technology and performing digital transformations in various businesses. This session was actually recorded as part of our European Digital Conference, uh, so we went online this year. Usually we'd be at the fantastic uh, Ajax Johan Cruyff Stadium uh, with about 500-odd uh, professionals from all over the world focusing on the revolutionary impact that sports has had through technology and digital and data and all that kind of um, that good stuff there. So we went online this year for obvious reasons and this and many of the other sessions you can still access on sportstechworldseries.com. In addition to that, Sports Tech World Series is your trusted resource for sports technology news, events, research and data insights. So I definitely uh, recommend you to go on there, sign up for our newsletter, stay informed uh, and of course uh, stay up to date with the latest episodes of Sports Tech Feed. And if you've enjoyed today's session or any of our previous podcasts, uh, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Great to get the word out. And if you want to reach out to me, you can do so, thomas at sportstechworldseries.com or on LinkedIn. Always great to hear back uh, from our listeners. Thanks again for tuning in. Here's Franco Segarra. Franco Segarra, uh, Head of Data Analytics, Ticketing and Fan Experience at Valencia CF. Welcome to the Sports Tech World Series European Conference. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Great to have you involved. Uh, and where are you calling in from today? Are you, are you in Valencia at the moment? Yes, I'm in fact in Valencia now. So we've just started going back to work this morning. So now I'm back working from home this afternoon. But yes, sunny Valencia. Beautiful. So today's discussion is going to center a lot around the digital transformation that Valencia as a, as a very old traditional football club uh, has gone through over the, over the past few years and your role within that. So, I mean, first of all, how do you promote that kind of digital transformation? How do, how do you promote that culture? How do you promote a data-driven culture within the club? Okay. So, yeah, a bit of a, of a feedback and uh, background of Valencia. As you say, it's pretty old. Last year, we turned 100 years old, basically. So, so yeah, that's really, really old. We've got a stadium which is 97 years old. Uh, it was it was built in 1923, uh, and the way we do that, uh, there has been a, a great project since the start. There has been many people participating in that project, and uh, mainly I'd say the senior management had the the, the view. Uh, you know, we've got ownership from Singapore. They had the view that uh, they believed data had a big say in the data transformation. So that's when when I came abroad, I was working. Um, I was working in, in UK at the time, and I got uh, into the club in June 2018. Uh, the way I got into the club is because I had a proposal also in terms of uh, data analytics and the way of measuring stuff. Uh, one of the, the, the big things I realized in, in football 
Uh, it may happen still to some other clubs, but it was that it was not a really data-driven uh, organization. If you come from banking, for example, that's something that you can immediately know and you can immediately taste because there's banking, for example, there's the place that everything is based on numbers. Well, as in football or soccer, um, people tend to think that it's much more difficult to, to work those numbers. I mainly work on the sport, not on the sports side of the organization, so not on the performance and so on. I work on the company side. Basically, it just works like a, like a company, uh, like a, any other company. It's just that uh, it has a lot of uh, other tools, like you know, you've got e-commerce, you've got uh, ticketing, you've got many different companies inside one company. So basically, I do believe that data has a big say in that. And senior management uh, happily also thought that. So that's the way I joined the club in the past. Yeah, so you've been brought in to bring that um, data-driven view, viewpoint and culture. What's, what was the, I mean, what was the process of highlighting from just updating processes versus uh, like really hammering it home as a culture? So kind of like a top-down. Because um, obviously you can come in and just introduce a whole uh, set of suite of different data analytics tools. Um, but if that's not the way that people think, the actual buying and the effectiveness isn't going to be very high. Can you can you step us through um, yes. how you actually implemented that? Yes, yes, totally. It, it is exactly as you say. So usually you can just come and bring a lot of data tools and so on. And probably the known data people would just look at you different and say, hey, what is this guy exactly doing? The good thing is that data, as you say, is horizontal for the organization. So data is not, it's a, it's a department or it's a way of viewing things that affects every single one of those vertical departments that you've got in, in the organization. And by, by vertical, I mean, I don't know, you can have business department, you can have finance department, you can have IT, you can have so many uh, vertical departments. So I was lucky enough that when I came, I also said, I'm, I'm already aware that uh, owning a data horizontal department, I will need cooperation from the vertical leaders of those departments. So what the senior management also did was give me uh, a couple of those vertical departments, like for example, customer success, right? Customer success uh, also measures the qualitative side of things, uh, while data measures the quantitative side of things. So basically, I just tried uh, on based on 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 the customer success way of of working and the fun experience. I try to deploy uh, these tools as soon as possible and and get some quick wins, like for example, trying to measuring all the touch points try and learning from what the fans said to us, uh, how can we reduce the amount of, let's say, uh, queries that the fans sent to us by not only making clear approaches to them and statements to them, but also trying to be faster on the uh, responses, trying to avoid duplications and so on. So, so that was all based on data. So that data-driven culture was already installed from the start on that department, and that proved that uh, it had meaning not only to that department, but for the rest of them. So uh, I say that deploying fast and, and obtaining those quick wins in terms of business insight that I was able to deliver when I started was uh, the key for management to, uh, for example, give me the opportunity to also manage uh, ticketing department, which is, again, one of the departments that has the most uh to do with data basically so yeah it's, it, it is about uh the mentality so the way of making people think different it's i'd say what i've uh 
managed to to learn is that you need to 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 prove to them that this is just working. It's not it's not just the theory, but also you in practice have to deliver some insights, meaningful insights. Otherwise, uh, they're not going to believe you. Unfortunately, this is how it works. So working with a with a niche or a, or a smaller part of the business, showing traction, showing wins, showing that your way of applying data, um, the anal- and analysis of it, and then the outcomes from it yields results, and then having the opportunity to work on different areas, larger areas, and kind of, yeah, trying to, uh, what's the phrase, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, kind of go along, yes. segment it down, um, yes, and, and then move on to something biggest, like ticketing, as you said. Yes, definitely. That's the way. I, I found out that, that proving myself, and, and even if they were small things, you already gave the importance to data that others were not seeing initially in the present. And by looking, hey, you know this guy, he has proven some, 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 some points here by, by using this data thing. Why not? I, I might speak with this guy and see if he can help me also. It seems he's kind of, of okay with data. So why not uh, uh, let him look at my, I don't know, my business thing here and I will help. Uh, it's just very little things. Just for example, that just so that you see one very small example that proved uh, uh, very good. Uh, so for when we turned 100 years old, um, we decided as a club to give a gift to all our uh, fans. We've got 40,000 season ticket holders, so we say it's, uh, it's, we turn 100 years old only once in a lifetime, so why don't we give them one, um, one flag? No? Uh, we, we designed the flag in honor of our 100th year birth, uh, birthday, but the thing is, how can you deliver uh, 40,000 flags. We decided to do that on the uh, on three different matches, right? So because not everyone attends every single match. So what we did is, okay, let's deliver those flags in each of those uh, matches. So uh, again, we said, okay, so if we want to deliver those flags, uh, we should probably hire people to deliver those flags before they go into the match. So we decided, okay, let's let's bring in 20 people just for those matches, and let's you know the, all the stadiums have mostly four different um, entrances, you know, north, south, east, and west. So okay, someone said, let, if we bring 20, let's just put five on each of those places. And I said, okay, that's one one way of putting it. But why why don't I look at the number of people that mm. enter through each of those doors? So maybe we can adjust the amount of people that are delivering flags from one place to the other. And everyone thought, of, oh, of course, it makes sense. So we saw that north and south, there's many more people entering than east and west. So basically we had, uh, the end we, 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 we said, okay, instead of five, 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 five people, five in each place, let's do six on top, six on bottom, four and four. And everyone said, okay, that makes sense. So that way we can predict and, and be more prepared. But then I said, why don't we look at the age of the people that enter in each of those places? And someone said, why? Because basically we're delivering the flags based on a QR application. So that way we know if you have taken a flag in previous matches or not. So it's not, it's not rocket science. So, so, but I believe that those people that are older and we've got some uh, old people uh, attending on the stadium, 60, 70, 18 years old, that probably is going to take a lot of time for them to find out how to uh, show the QR and so on. So then we saw that on the West stand, 
we've got people that are really old. So basically, we again shifted, and instead of being six, six, four, and four, we shifted something like six, seven, three, you know, like that, uh, and four. So basically, we just adjusted, and it was very easy. And it, of course, uh, it, it doesn't make a huge difference, but at least we took our time. And again, it just it was just 10, 15 more minutes to do a couple of queries to understand and see that this helps us be more prepared and mm. know more about our people. There's no harm in just doing the study. So, so that was something that proved to be really effective. And the people that were there from uh, security guys and operation guys said, oh, you know, this guy knows, knows his ways around the numbers. Yeah, and like you said, it's, it's, it's not a huge impact in the sense of um, uh, to the game day experience. But, it, but I mean, sport is a, is a game of one percenters. It's, it's that whole idea of that incremental improvement. And I think that something like that, if it means that you have a greater, um, you have an easier flow into the stadium, uh, especially you say your elderly fans don't feel so rushed and pressured, it, it means that it really engages the fans so much better and it centres back on that activation, which is a celebration of the club's um, centenary. It's the flag, it's all that kind of stuff. And as you said, it's not, um, it's not a huge amount of money or resources to find out that information. And that data's just sitting there. That's, yeah, it's, it's, re- it's freely available for you to, to use that. So, no, I, I really like that. I really like the example as well because it also shows that you don't need um, some epic, expensive technology solution um, for a kind of really simple problem. So great. Yeah, and, absolutely. and there's some other kind of highlights um, of this kind of digital data transformation of the club that you can share. I mean, um, maybe pre, during, and, and as we kind of head into post um, coronavirus, with something that's, um, that, that uh, jumps out at you. Yeah, I think, I think this situation, coronavirus has, has given us the chance to uh, accelerate everything that we were already doing. I mean, we already did things in the past that were really uh, meaningful and were already big milestones for the club. Like for example, uh, we delivered uh, our own e-commerce in the last year, so we built our own e-commerce. Uh, we also had our contactless, um, our contactless ticketing system with QR, for example. Uh, those were okay. Uh, and then we also delivered our seat delivery uh, app where you can order from your seat, uh, trying to avoid queues and you spending time on the queue and missing a goal, you know, soccer and football. It's just something that happens. You might not even see one goal or just one goal during the match. We don't want you to miss that or not buying a Coke because you want uh, to watch the full game. So those were done in the past, but now we find out that uh, coronavirus has given us the opportunity to basically accelerate all those things. You know, football is kind of traditional, so uh, you cannot impose new technology on the fans, otherwise they're gonna feel uh, you are trying to modernize and uh, way ahead of, of what they believe is a traditional sport. So we, for example, have been finding, uh, we've been uh, having a lot of trouble to try and, and migrate into contactless ticketing, for example. And now coronavirus, for example, gives you the ability of saying, this is more safe, guys. Uh, going with your phone is much more safer than having this ticket or having this paper ticket, whatever, that makes you go into the stadium. Same thing with with uh, deliveries, um, food delivery. If we can avoid people going to the food and beverage stores and making queue and not uh, respecting the security distance and so on, 
uh, if we've got an app for that, we should try and move that from being uh, recommended to, uh, I'm not saying uh, mandatory, but maybe making it a policy, mm. you know, saying this should be the policy from now on. Of course, there's always, uh, you have to think on older people or non-technological people and so on, but uh, the policy should be this, and that should be the, the exception, the way we see that. So that's, coronavirus has given us the chance to move those things that we already did in the past, which are really beneficial for everyone, it's just that in the past, if you were to make those a policy and move those from a recommendation to an obligation, you would have been really, um, I don't know, it would have been really difficult to, to defend that in such a traditional sport. And did you find that, I know you went uh, cashless in your home stadium, Mistala, um, who, as you mentioned in the intro, 97 years old, uh, inaugurated in 1923. So pretty much as traditional as they come in, in terms of stadiums and then that shift to, to cashless, how is that received? And is, is that one of those things that um, like all those kind of criticisms or issues you think will be dissipated by what you just spoke, uh, spoke about with coronavirus? Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just one more example. Here we, we, we use this time for going cashless, not only in the stadium, but also on the stores and every place where you can pay uh, at Valencia CF. It's not a big deal in terms of uh, you don't need that much to go cashless. It's just perhaps a matter of, of, of you deciding to do that and everyone agreeing in the club and the finance people and so on. Uh, but basically now is the, the new normal. I mean, uh, everyone has paid, uh, everyone pays now, even the supermarket, uh, one euro, one dollar is being paid on, on, on contactless uh, and, and cashless. And the reason is that now it's safer to do that. In the mm. past, uh, maybe only early adopters and people that did not like cash were doing that. I don't know. I think in our case, it was 60% uh, cash, 40% uh, mm, non-cash in, in our stores. And now, not making it an obligation, but a policy, we have achieved uh, with, this, with this statement that you, you talk about 90, 92% versus 8%, 92% uh, being cashless and 8% being cash. So it's, people have understood, and we have just jumped on top of the wave, that's the way we say mm. in Spanish, and that wave is coronavirus, in fact, that has made all this digital transformation in the people. Yeah, well, it, it, are there other kind of innovations that you've been eyeing, um, I mean, across any area, fan experience, business intelligence, ticketing, that you are now looking to accelerate? Well, yeah, one of them is the one I was saying, for example, uh, the seat delivery uh, app, for example, that we had. Uh, we launched that in January. Of course, people still like to go and queue up and so on. But now it just might be the, the new policy to do that in the stadium, because if you want to avoid people queuing in the food and beverage stalls, but you've got an app that uh, allows you to not do so, so why should we not just use that app in the near future for any food and beverage stores, at least while this happens. Um, and also I believe it's in the QR uh, and contactless, uh, sorry, ticketless uh, entrances in the stadium and so on. That is something that we are looking to be the new normal. In the past, we had some adoption rate here, but it has more or less been steady since we launched this a couple of years ago. I mean, early adopters and technological people, mainly young kids have been using that, but of course, older people still like their uh, paper ticket and so on. 
the season ticket is a paper and people like uh, having a collection of those throughout the years. So maybe we can uh, just go and have a virtual connection of those and maybe you can just print those if you like it, but not to go into the stadium, but, but as a collection piece or memorabilia, which is kind of really something in the sports uh, community. But yeah, that would be our next, our next big thing, trying to switch into uh, definitely ticketless uh, in the, into the stadium. I believe there's a huge win there for everyone and we could use this opportunity to just make the change. Yeah, definitely. And that's something I've seen um, some companies are doing, basically vending machines for your ticket. So you can, yeah, your entry is um, your QR code, um, obviously from a security and efficiency and a kind of uh, fan experience point of view and just flow into the stadium so there's not crowds and backing up and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then once you're in, you can scan your QR code at a vending machine and it'll print you out your ticket. So you're yeah. not actually handing that around to different people. And um, yeah. and also the things around waste and there's all this stuff about also cashless is uh, preventing fraud, um, all the additional processing costs of having and moving that cash. So um, I'm sure that the kind of finance side of the business is pretty keen on um, some of these innovations. And yeah. and on that point, is, is it something that within the club, like where do these, where does the kind of idea ideation come from like where uh, where does it all flow I guess where is someone the push and pull of um, motivations to put these technologies in uh, does that center with you or yeah. is it kind of different business units now that you have that data culture will say well I've got this problem can you help I think that's exactly how the data culture works so so many people think the data culture works that uh, you should be looking, uh, well, you, you should be having an idea, like I want to do this, and, and then finding the right data that proves that you're right. Uh, here's something I, I've learned, that if you want to get data to prove you're right, you're always gonna find that data, because you can always cook the data to give you uh, and prove that you were right to wherever you like. It's only a matter of, of cutting and pasting from the right point of the data, right? Uh, there's always interpretations in that data, but basically I believe it should be the other way around people should have a part of the day or of the week to look at the data and look at the patterns that data is, is, is showing and data should be the one triggering this type of questions like hey have you realized that we have seen an increase on I don't know sales and this type of product maybe we should do more of this or just change more of that hey have you realized that we instead of you coming up with the ideas ideas from nowhere and finding data to prove that it should be the other way around you should always keep an eye on data or make the data work for you if you're smart enough uh, to find out this type of thing so basically it's uh, uh, a part everyone everyone can just um, go ahead and, and, and get some data it's something that I might be working on IT might be working on we've got IT infrastructure type of team we've got a very active marketing team We've got really good people in what we call uh, VCF media, which is the media and entertainment part of the house. I mean, everyone can come along and, hey, have you seen mainly now, for example, with all the closed doors um, fan experience uh, proposal that you can see with people zooming into screens in the stadium or so many other stuff. There's, there's many people contributing to those type of ideas. So basically it's just everyone that stays awake and looks at the data and lets the data trigger those ideas for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 
I mean, an example of that is um, so uh, lenscf.com, which is the the websites, the the public facing um, digital presence, um, kind of, I guess, uh, one of the easiest touch points for this digital data transformation. Uh, just recently, I was honoured by the the Webby Webby Awards. So congratulations on that to the Thank to the you. whole team. Um, and so that was that was in the sports website category, best visual design experience. How does that integrate with analytics platform? Is it one of those things that I guess you've, you've kind of half answered the question there, saying that well, any any part of the organisation can come to you and say we've got a problem that needs data to solve it. How does it work between the design elements and the analytics elements? Yeah, so so thanks for that. Yeah, we we did win that trophy and, and it was uh, the. Uh, Honorary, the Webby Honorary, and it was great. I have to say here that we've got a, again a, a, an in-house media team, which is very good. It has we've got our own design team and media team, which has read, uh, it has grown a lot and has its own product and entertainment. But we also got uh, partners, our partners in Portugal, which are named Seven Million. They helped us a lot on this digital transformation, uh, mainly software development and consultancy, and uh, we are really. Uh, in line with them, they're, they're, they're really great guys. And the way this works is, yeah, that is the front end, but mainly uh, the back end, the way that we believe data helps all of this. It's again, um, we think that everyone in the organization should have a bit of their mind, even if they work on human resources or finance or wherever they work, they should have a bit of themselves looking at data constantly. So the way we do, we've got a data department, uh, I've got uh, that department, uh, there's five guys uh, currently, and what we do is that we try and teach everyone to, to and we give them the, the opportunities and the dashboards so that they can look at the data and, and find whatever is most important for them. So we first custom those dashboards for them, so everyone in the organization, if they not have, they, they can have right now a dashboard or a set, a set of dashboards based on their own uh, vertical business. And uh, what these people do is try and teach those, we call that the data ambassadors. So one, one part of those guys are data ambassadors. They try and teach everyone on how they can improve their business based on data. And on the other hand, when they go back to their place, they, they put on the speakers and, uh, and the headphone and they work on what we call uh, business insights. So they try and do those are data science engineer guys AI uh, masters and so on. So they try and look at perhaps more hidden patterns on the data that uh, perhaps regular people just by looking at that uh, at those dashboards are not going to be able to to get. So basically, we, we we do both of those things. And again, media is one perfect example of how we try and uh, use data to trigger that. So based on the media that we publish, either in social media and get all the engagement and all the different social networks and um, behavior analytics on our web. We try and custom and understand why has people uh, engage more with this type of content and this other content. Is it because the time of the day? Is it because the day of the month? Is it because the, the type of content it was? Is it because the brands? Um, basically, there's um, everyone, we try and work on, and set those KPIs clear for everyone. Because I believe that if there's no clear KPIs, we are not sure how we are improving or not. It, because if we are not improving, we, we will also like to know. So basically, it's just a matter of 
the people working in data trying to show the rest of the organization how they should be KPI focused. And then when they've got spare time, if they've got any, after that, they try and look at uh, hidden, more difficult patterns to identify. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point um, to, I mean, getting close to our time to wrap on is around um, uh, KPI, key performance indicators, actually understanding uh, where you're going with the data because it can be very easy in, in part of this data culture is to either come up with an answer that you're looking for, um, as in massage the data to, to tell you what you want, or all the other ways, just measure and, and, um, and report on things that are irrelevant. So that's obviously another part of um, that data culture, kind of mm -hmm. the final part really is, is actually returning to the beginning and going, where have we measured ourselves on that? So actually, can I ask you one final question? What is your favourite sporting moment of all time? Me? Um, <clears throat> well, there's, there's been a lot of those, but uh, I just say the most winning the World Cup for Spain has been huge. But um, so I was there, but I, I could not make it into the final. I was not in South Africa. I was only into the semifinals. But the most amazing sporting moment I was live, it could be that when I watched the uh, final Champions League 2001, when we lost against Bayern Munich in Milan, that was with my dad. That was amazing vibe, even though we lost. Or Ryder Cup team uh, Europe winning in Paris um, 2019. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, we actually had uh, Michael Cole, the CTO of the Ryder Cup, on the show. He's one of the, our first guests um, talking about some of the stuff that they're doing in digital transformation, which is pretty interesting. Um, I, thought, I thought Ryder Cup uh, atmosphere was incredible. I've been to many live events, and I don't remember being in anyone as great, as big, and as nice as the Ryder Cup. I fell in the atmosphere. I was on the playground. I mean, uh, you cannot jump in the football pitch, but here you are on the, on the, on the golf course, uh, even though you're maybe out of bounds and so on, but you just, it's, it's, it's great. I've been to many and golf it has been the best experience ever. Okay, that's great. Well, I'll, I'll let Michael know that um, for sure. He, he, he would love to hear that. It was interesting. He was talking about some of the challenges they face is essentially they're doing, um, their stadium moves every match. Like they're trying to set up, you know, the idea of a smart connected stadium, like they've got three courses running at the same time and they just move around the world. So some pretty interesting, unique challenges for them um, in terms of just even just basic connectivity. So yeah, no, that's, um, that's some interesting stuff. There you have it. That was Franco Cigara, Head of Data Analytics, Ticketing and Fan Experience at Valencia CF. Really interesting project um, that they're working on in updating that old stadium. I think a lot of learnings there with traditional fans um, and some, maybe some older fans as well um, and how you basically drive digital transformation with your fans without alienating them. Um, so I really like that point. And also uh, the way that they see their, their kind of website as it's not just a website, it's actually the digital face of the club in the sense of that's how they interact with their fans and that's that's how they represent their, their growth and their, I guess, innovative attitude um, to the world. So show notes for that are at sportstechfeed.com. You can also go to sportstechworldseries.com to sign up for our newsletter, um, stay informed of everything that's happening. Uh, if you've got any questions or you want to reach out, then please feel free to do that on the website or directly Thomas Alomes, A-L-O-M-E-S, uh, on LinkedIn. Always great to hear from our listeners. 
And until next week, I've been your host and it's been a pleasure to be joining you uh, this week and every other week. Until next time. (laughs) 